Julia Child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people. I couldn't agree more. I'm Haley Forney, and you're listening to Best People, the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on, Samantha. It's great to see you. I always forget how gorgeous you are because I see your like food videos on Instagram and I, and then I see a picture of you and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. (laughs) I have makeup on there. So, but thank you. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. I think it's good to tell people that they're gorgeous. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. So you grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm from everywhere. So I'm originally from New York. I know when people ask me, where are you from? I'm from a little bit of everywhere, which is kind of cool because I have friends and family all over um, the United States, but I am originally from New York. I was born in Manhattan. I lived in Brooklyn until I was about 14. And then my um, wild child of a mother was like, do you want to move to Hawaii? I was like, sure. Not Talk knowing about you know, a like, culture. Jewish shock. girl from Brooklyn. Totally. A yeah. Jewish girl from Brooklyn, like have, you know, never been anywhere. I don't even think, I think we went to like the Bahamas like once when I was a kid. So I was like, whoa, we're going really far away from, from New York. And we moved to Hawaii and we lived there for all high school, all um, my early twenties. I met my husband there and uh, we kind of moved a- around a-, a little bit after that also. Wow, that's amazing. And then you lived in California for a while before moving to yeah, Bellingham, so right? Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, so after Hawaii, uh, I met my husband, my now husband in Hawaii. I mean, we've been together for like 18 years, but he wow. was in Hawaii and he used to live in Southern California. He grew up there and he's like, you want to move to Southern California? I said, sure. <laughs> so it's more like a lot of those like, hey, you want to do this? Sure. And so, then we were, yeah. So in this journey, when did you kind of become a food person? Like, when did you discover that you love to cook? You know, I didn't uh, really start cooking until I was married and really understood and was was mature enough to really appreciate food. Um, and now that I'm older, you know, I kind of reminisce about when, when I was growing up and what my mom would, you know, um, have me eat, what we would eat together. And that really like opened up my palate. And I, I noticed that now as an adult. So, so it's only it wasn't hindsight. Until, yeah. And it, it wasn't really until my twenties. I mean, my, I've, I've talked about my story before, but my original path was, um, I was going to be a nurse. I was in nursing school and I was like, I want to be with people. And I love that nurturing aspect of it. Um, but it was hard, <laughs> man. Nurses are, can I, can I curse on your badasses? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So um, anyway, so during that time is when I started cooking. I was like, oh, you know, I really want to kind of um, learn more of the foods I grew up on, on the mm-hmm. Jewish foods, the Middle Eastern foods, the Turkish foods that I grew up on. And I just started, you know, asking my mom and my aunt and I started kind of like trying these new things. And, and over time, I was like, gosh, I love doing this. And so I when you were foods, growing up, yeah. was your mom doing most of the cooking at home or were you guys going out a lot or yeah, like, so what was it, your influences there? So it was just my mom and I. So I grew up with a single mom, just me and her, oh, wow. me and her. And um, I mean, besides just keeping a roof over our head, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she would make, um, you know, she made foods that, you know, my, my younger classmates weren't having. You know, she right. was making things that were um, more like Turkish, more Jewish. Um, so I was eating things like, um, well, I call them um, 
keftikas, which is really just like a, a leek and spinach patty. And it's popular in like Sephardic cuisine, Mediterranean mm-hmm. cuisine. And I was eating these different things and like grape leaves, like stuffed grape leaves, you know, I was eating because she was making them and, and all these flavors that I, I'm assuming my classmates weren't having, but I was, you know what I mean? So my mom yeah, was always opening amazing. me up to that. And she was also opening me up to like, we would go out to, to brunch and dinners and, you know, we would order like chicken franchise and like you know, eggs better, you know, she was, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was always opening me up to all of these different flavors. It wasn't just and, Turkish food that she was, or Jewish Oh, no, food I mean, my mom's, you know, she's from New York, so, mm-hmm. um, so she was making, you know, whatever, but I remember there's some very specific flavors that I don't really even see now that I, that I have when I was little. Yeah, and I'm sure nobody at the lunch table in elementary school were like yeah. bringing their packed lunch. It was no. like bologna sandwiches for them, and you right, had... which is fine. And you know, my mom also did you know meatloaf and you know mm-hmm. just really comforting foods because they're inexpensive and they feed an army. They last forever and they're delicious. So it's kind of all across the board. Um, yeah, but then so you didn't have her... any siblings either, huh? It was just you and her. No, or... it was just just us. That's <laughs> it was awesome. just us. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a great way to grow up, though, in New York City and exposed to all these different cuisines and then a big move to Hawaii. Like, yeah. Did you find any yeah. bagels in Hawaii when you moved? No, um, no, I don't remember. You know, I, I moved to Hawaii when I was like 14. Right. So I don't remember. But um, I mean, besides, you know, they say it was a culture shock. And of course, you're 14 years old and you're like, whoa, you know, I, all I know is this big city and now I'm going to this like island. Mm. Um, but since I was there from my teens to like early twenties, again, I was also, as I got older, able to appreciate, you know, what the island had to offer. So, you know, maybe there wasn't bagels there, but I remember one of my first jobs, um, at a high school was, um, at a bank and one of the customers like brought us like whatever he grew in his garden. And I've never seen that before. I'm from New York. Like what? No, yeah. I'm just not in New York, you know? Right. Um, if you have and a, I was a like, little wow. tomato garden or something on your patio, you're keeping oh, that yeah. for yourself. Right. Right. And I think now there's more like rooftop gardens and, and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't remember that when I was, you know, in the, in the nineties, I don't remember anyone really doing Nobody that. Nobody in the nineties so. was sharing anything. They were like, no, this it really is wasn't mine. a thing. Now it's a thing. Now um, it's a thing for sure. Yeah. So yeah. your mom's background, it sounds like she grew up in New York to Turkish parents or um, no, so she, she is, lived in Turkey She was born in, no, no, she, they're all American. Um, okay. <laughs> they're all from New York. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think my, my, all my grandparents were, uh, yeah, my grandparents were all born in the United States also, but my mom, so my, my whole family is Jewish. Mm-hmm. My mom is Jewish and she grew up on a lot of Sephardic cuisine so so okay. far like, has a lot of like inspiration from from you know spain mediterranean and Turkey, or, yeah or yeah really different parts mm-hmm. and um there's also even a lot like a lot of latin influence in there because a few recipes that we've made have cheese in them and parmesan cheese and mm. it's really unique it's really interesting it is really um, interesting my husband's yeah. mother is an ashkenazi jew so oh or, yeah so that's yeah. my father's so side speaking Yiddish and everything so same yeah and same thing but you know my mom knew Yiddish and I know like maybe a handful of words yeah um but I grew up on on all that food because Ashkenazi and Sephardic you know they're Jewish but they have different influences when it comes to food with you know based on whatever was available in whatever country they were in 
So when you started writing your cookbook, uh, Weeknight Mediterranean, mm-hmm. you're just pulling all those influences from that upbringing yeah. or just from everything that you've eaten from the I mean, the a little bit of both. I mean, even as I, you know, started cooking more, I was kind of pulling different cuisines that maybe I didn't grow up with, but have really influenced me or where the flavors and the ingredients kind of overlap. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always, you know, recipes kind of cross borders, you know, maybe it's a, an ingredient, but sometimes they do. And, and you know, you can have like five different countries having a very similar dish, but they call it something mm-hmm. different, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Um, so when I did the book, I, well, I was focusing on a few things, you know, I was focusing on, you know, approachable recipes Mm -hmm. that were like really big on flavor, but also I was pulling things that I I grew up on um, and and things that have inspired me as I got older. Like I was eating more Lebanese food Mm. and more um, Persian food. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, and and just, you know, kind of like grabbing onto that and playing with that. Yeah. I love your cookbook. I think it's a great cookbook and it's so um, for the listeners, it's weeknight Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. um, And it, it really is, it lends itself really well to weeknight dinners because most Thank things you. don't take that long to make. And I really love um, your orzo and chicken with the olives recipe. Oh, yeah. That was a popular one. It's so good. My husband yeah. hates olives though. So I only make it when he's not Oh, more, more for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love olives. olives. They're so yeah. good, especially the Castel Vitranos. I agree. I can They're eat my a whole favorite. jar full. I can I just know. Like, pop them in my mouth like nonstop. So when you were <laughs> writing your cookbook, what kind of inspired you to take that journey? I mean, you know you had the blog for a while before that, right? Or did it all kind of happen at the same time? I've had, well, I've had the website. Technically, I've had the website for about 11 years. And it, mm-hmm. it was just this fun, you know, project that I was doing after I failed nursing school. <laughs> and um, And at the same time, I was trying to you know, um, kind of rekindle my love for the foods I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the website for quite some time. Um, but when it came to the book, it was actually right when we moved from Southern California to Bellingham. Mm-hmm. And I was approached by a publisher and I was like, oh my gosh, is this real? And we did some vetting and it was real. And um, during this time, there was kind of a lot going on. We, you know, we moved here. We were looking to buy a house. There was, a, you know, a lot of transition going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband and I looked at each other. And we're like, hey, do we want to do this? And we we're like, let's do it. You know, let's, you know, we work well under pressure. And it just got me so excited. And um, we said, let's, let's do it. And I started brainstorming all these ideas and recipes. I was asking my aunt and my mom and, you know, and, and I was just kind of going for it. It was, it was, it was a journey. <laughs> It sounds like it. Yeah. And when testing it, when doing like a recipe testing, do you have to have other people try it out or is it just you and yeah. your husband kind of trying it out and testing uh, and make all sure the they above. work? So it's all the above. So, I mean, I'll be honest, like if it's a recipe that I know, like I'm not worried about, like it's really mm-hmm. simple, I'm not worried about it. Um, I also recipe test, even for the website, like our dinners, like most of our dinners are like, oh, I want to do this. Let's see how it is. And then I'll remake it, you know, with my little tweaks. Mm -hmm. And then um, I also had some recipe testers that I sent like a handful of recipes to and they like made it in their kitchens and then reported back. Okay, Um, cool. Yeah. 
Um, I also like have friends come over. Like I'm just like, hey, I made like three or four dishes today. Would you come over and just like eat it? <laughs> so- I was wondering about that because you always are making these beautiful dishes, and oh, I know I have, that our it's friends just and neighbors you and get your husband. Of- <laughs> so yeah. It- no, our neighbors next door get some food. Um, I also like text my girlfriends and I'm like, do you want this? I'll drop it off. And I'm like, you have to give me feedback, you mm. know? So um, I feel like that's yeah. an equal exchange, right? Oh, like, yeah. They lo- I mean, they love it. I get my work done. They get, you know, lunch tomorrow. It's it's a win-win. So, <laughs> but I'm always so nervous because if I don't think it's perfect, I'm like, okay, like, just be like, be honest with me. Please, you know, tell me how it is. Tell me how it is. Especially if it's going to end up in a cookbook or with one of your partner's recipes or something like that too. Exactly. So are you thinking of writing another book or are you? Uh, I actually have one in the works. Oh, wow. Okay, awesome. When do people expect that to come out? uh, So it's supposed to come out this summer. So in June, so far they're saying June 13th. Yeah, I actually just got the last, well, I have to do the last round of edits. Okay. Um, so I have the PDF and it's colorful. So it's also Mediterranean. This theme is one pot Mediterranean. So it's <gasps> one pot recipes. A lot and of your recipes are already like that. So that's kind of I think amazing. so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um you know and, and again it also kind of pulls flavors from, you know, other parts of the Mediterranean and things I grew up with and and just mm-hmm. kind of like I was I really wanted to make it one pot. But it's also not a book where you just throw everything in and forget it. There's definitely some layers of flavor that need to develop. You know, you searing mm-hmm. that chicken breast, you're searing those short ribs to get that flavor. You're adding like a myriad of vegetables and deglazing with wine. So there's lots of like layers of flavors that build up, but it's worth it because you have one pot and you take the one pot and you put it in the center of your dinner table and you're good. And cleanup's easier that way too. Exactly. You're not cleaning. Exactly. Like, though, whenever I cook, and I've been trying to be better about this and think like a chef and clean as I go, and yeah. but I'm a mess. I'm like a hurricane. I, I am too. And it's funny because if I am ever doing anything with like pasta or marinara sauce, like my husband will know about it because mm-hmm. he's like, I see sauce on the ceiling. I'm like, no, you don't. What are you talking about? It was already there. I don't know. It was already there. It was there before we moved in. Like, yeah, come on. No, that, that wouldn't happen in this house. But <laughs> He doesn't know that. We'll just pretend. <laughs> he does. Oh, darn. Fair enough. Um, is there like a certain fragrance or a taste that kind of can teleport you back to a specific moment in time in your life and anything that stands out? Yes. So when I saw that question, I was like, wow, um, that's a really good question. And the, the, the one thing that reminds me, um, that kind of like transports me to, I guess, my childhood is there's a dish called fasolia and Mm. it's like a, I mean, it's, it's a, we, I think it's a Turkish dish, but many other countries and cuisines do it, but basically fasolia means beans. And if you go to Turkey or any other country, um, nearby, um, you can see fasulya as white beans, as green beans, maybe uh, maybe fava beans, but it mm-hmm. means beans and it's usually a stew. And the way I've had it is usually it's tomato based. So it's green beans, tomatoes. My mom would always add like chunks of beef or 
lamb and it's a really simple simple stew you just kind of like simmer everything together we eat it with some rice and that's it and the smell Mm. of the green beans with the tomato is just so um like reminiscent of my childhood like right when i every time i make it i'm i'm like wow this this is exactly what i remember it's just such a simple stew but those green beans with the tomato and and we do like a tomato broth so i'll Mm. just do like some stock and I think my mom did like a can of tomato paste mm-hmm. and she would do like frozen green beans or fresh green beans. And when I was little, she would make me like snip off all the ends of the green beans. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, I remember this like kind of laborsome thing, but um, you know, it, it's worth the work. It's kind of like that love you put into it. It's such a simple dish, but that little thing that you do of snipping off the ends makes such a difference. And now you just I let, some let beans it simmer. Too. <laughs> It's really good. I actually have a recipe similar to that in my book. And I talked about that, that um, it was, you know, very reminiscent of what my mom made, but I kind of like punched it up a little bit. I add some uh, potatoes, I think, and a little bit more spices just to kind of mm-hmm. organize it a little bit. But still, the, those simple green beans in a tomato stew is just so comforting and so simple. What's your favorite part of, of creating new recipes and writing cookbooks? Oh, God. <laughs> When it's done. It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I get really excited kind of brainstorming, like brainstorming all these flavors and mm-hmm. like kind of like putting things together. And it's very creative and it's very um, like nurturing, I think is a good word for it because I, I feel good doing it. Yeah. And then yeah, so other people get to try things. Together. So you're feeding people. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely, yeah, if I, I mean, to be honest, like if I could just cook, like if I didn't, you know, social media, I think, you know, kind of makes us like busier because I'm always like, oh, it has to look so pretty and I want people to, you know, eat it and, you know, to get excited about it. But if I, like, if I had my way and just like cooked food and just like, you know, and just shared it, like just very simply, like I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't have to plate every single thing and, you know, add all the extra touches and flourishes and everything. Well, I have to say that your latkes recipes have really changed our Hanukkah celebration. Oh, awesome. And just kind of how My mom's recipe. (laughs) Oh, really? Amazing. Well, the base of it. Yeah, the base of it is my mom's recipe. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I love how you add different things. Like I liked this season <laughs> where you did different toppings for latkes and it really, oh, yeah. like we always just do sour cream and applesauce, right? Really traditional. Yeah, right. But it's and fun to think outside like, of the get... box. Yeah, it is yeah. delicious. Like there's nothing like applesauce. And I like applesauce and sour cream in the same bite. It's mm-hmm. a very polarizing question. If you ask people, the Which do you go, prefer? Sour cream. Yeah. yeah, it's a very, they're very polarizing, but I like it both. Yeah. Like, give me that creamy, give me that sweet with a crunchy, savory potato. Like, mm. yeah. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. My mother in law makes a really great kugel. So she makes oh, that you know, every I, year. I, I didn't grow up on kugel, but it's oh, a very no? Ashkenazi. Yeah. 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 Like, she makes a kugel. really great kugel and it has. Uh, like dried cranberries in it or you can do dried oh. cherries in it okay or raisins it's really yeah. good yeah i'll send you awesome. the recipe then you oh, can please test do. out a kugel for is it next a noodle year. kugel it's a noodle kugel yeah. yeah and they're egg noodles too yeah yep delicious yeah. so since you mm-hmm. lived in hawaii when you were a teenager Where's the best Famasubi? This is a loaded question. All my questions. Oh, where is it? I can't answer yeah. where because I, it's been a few years since I've been there. So I can't okay. answer where. Fair enough. 
But Do you remember I a place s- that you loved this family saved I, you the most? I, I will <laughs> say that either. every most gas stations have musubis there. Mm-hmm. And before high school, you know, we would stop there and get some snacks and people would grab musubi and great. It, you know, it's fine. So um, I can't tell you where, <laughs> but even like grocery stores have like fantastic musubi. However, I will say that for a good musubi for me, like the, the spam has to be fried. Yeah. Like it has to have that crispy outside exterior. Um, the nori has to be like kind of like nice and the like salty little, you know, fresh crunch. Um, I do like it when there's like a little sesame oil brushed on just for mm-hmm. like a little bit more different flavor because such a simple bite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I have not made musubi, but I really, I want to. You should. It's, it's not yeah. hard, but it's, no, it's just not. one of those things where it's like nice it's just so easily and readily available in other places. And then you just Mm -hmm. don't think about ever making it on your own. There's a place in Hamilton, Cincinnati, or like Hamilton, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. And it's a food truck and they actually do deep fried Spamasubi. The whole thing is deep fried? Yeah. And then they cut it in half. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet, but I Oh, you actually should have been good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try it and I'll let you know how it is. Yeah. Interesting. I've never even thought about that. I know. Have you ever been to there's a place in Burien, huh. um, Washington called Ohana Kitchen. It's just no. over like by West Seattle. It's so good. Really? It's a Korean Hawaiian family. Ooh, and okay. it's amazing. You have to go okay. sometime. It's like in this like shopping mall plaza. And my friend lives in West Seattle. And so whenever we're like just happened to be near White Center or near Burien. We're like, oh, we have to go to Ohana Kitchen. And their mac okay. salad's really good too. So I love mac salad. Me too. It's so good. <laughs> I, love, I love. Okay, if, if the listeners are not familiar, Hawaiian mac salad or like local style mac salad, it's, it's very unique. It's not like American mac salad. It's a little sweeter. It's incredibly mm-hmm. creamy. There's a good amount of Hellman's mayonnaise or I guess Hellman's or what's the other? Best um, foods. Best foods. Yeah, you yeah. have to use that. Man- you can't use, you know, this like keto with all due respect. Yeah, you know, no, avocado oil. Like you need the classic creamy mayonnaise. And then there's, well, we put grated carrots mm-hmm. and grated sweet onion. And if you have access to Maui onion, those really nice sweet, or even Walla Walla onions, like that mm-hmm. nice sweet onion, you grate that in. No chunky pieces. You have to grate it because it's all kind of like this creamy texture. Um, and then I like a lot of black pepper in mine, some salt. Sometimes... Um, Depending where you go, they'll even put chopped up uh, hard-boiled eggs in there, which is really good. Yeah. Ooh, I've never had uh, it with hard-boiled eggs. I think, I think that'd be really – yeah. So that'd be it's really just, good. Um, so, and I think some places might put like a little sugar or a little vinegar, like rice vinegar, just to give it a little sweetness. But mm-hmm. also the carrot gives it sweetness also. Mm-hmm. I think that at, oh- yeah. at Ohana Kitchen, they put a little sugar and a little rice vinegar I, in there. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah. It's so good. Hawaiian oh, food. Absolutely. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> yeah, and I've actually had readers like asking me for more um Hawaiian food recipes. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna work on that. And you know, I you know, I always kind of like ho and hem over it because um, you know, I'm not Hawaiian. You know, I grew right. up there, yeah. but I'm not Hawaiian. So I wanna, you know, I always want to give respect to Right. The it's easy for you to be like, oh, I make Jewish food because I'm I'm Jewish. I grew up in a Jewish sure. household. Sure. And even but... then, I don't know everything. 
Right. But I feel like one of the great things about food is it's universal. And like you were saying Mm -hmm. earlier, so many parts of the world, you know, like last season I had the sauna sisters on and they're both from Mm -hmm. Guam and there's so much Spanish and Japanese and Korean influence in the food and the cuisine of Guam because they've just been invaded by so many people. Yeah. Right. And like, I mean, you can go anywhere in Guam and go to the gas station and get spamasubi or get different things like that too. Mm -hmm. It's very common there too. So I think that's part of the island culture, right? But I also just think food is universal and I get where you're coming from where you're like, I'm not Hawaiian, Hawaiian. I'm not of Hawaiian descent, but I feel like a lot of people like I'm not Italian and I make bolognese all the time. Right, right. You know? Actually, I'm 1% North Italian, according to my DNA. Wow. (laughs) So that means that one of my fifth or sixth great grandparents going that far back was Italian. Wow. Had part Italian in them. Very cool. Fascinating. I know. I love that kind of weird stuff. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say has been the most memorable dinner? That you've ever eaten. Oh, that's it. It could be one that you've made or it could be one that, you know, you went out for or want something your grandparents made. Memorable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a comfort food person. Me too, so yeah. I'll give you two answers. I'll give you a, a at-home answer and a fancy answer. Okay. So my at-home, <laughs> my at-home answer, I love comfort food. I love like slow breezes, like big glass of red wine, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say my favorite meal at home is like braised short ribs, like fall mm. off the bone, like get a crust on those short ribs, like low and slow for hours, like fall off the bone over some like polenta or like a really creamy mashed potato and like a big glass of red wine. Like that is like the epitome of like a delicious dinner to me. I just it sounds oh, like a perfect winter. Words. It's cold, yes. you know, oh, or I fall when it starts to I get a little shirts. chilly. Oh, yes, that sounds yes. so good. Um, and your and fancy answer. Fancy answer. <laughs> fancy answer. We were in Italy um, maybe about nine or 10 years ago. And there was this, um, well, there's a Jewish ghetto in Rome, which mm-hmm. is like a little small um Jewish neighborhood and they are known for a few things they're known for their fried artichokes mm-hmm. and I remember this man was sitting on this you know very like simple chair and he was just like um I, I guess I don't know other word besides not shucking but like he was like cleaning the artichokes like he just had yeah. piles of leaves around him and he's like cleaning these artichokes and the artichokes and we had a fried artichoke and it was like this giant potato chip almost you know you just like take a bite out of it you have some lemon, maybe some salt, and like that's it. And then we also had um, a, what do you call it, carbonara, which was so mm. interesting because we're in the Jewish ghetto and carbonara has pork in it. Uh, right. But I just remember <laughs> that this like really like deep yellow yolky sauce, and it was just such a simple meal. And like mm-hmm. the pasta was perfect, and like the bites of like the guanciale were like salty and like a little crispy, and it was just like absolute perfection. It was like in the middle of the day, it was a beautiful day, and this man is like cleaning artichokes, and it was just so beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it was- one of those things where, again, where food can kind of teleport you and mm-hmm. bring you to a, a space and yeah. a place in time, and yeah, that's so great. So oh, I have to ask place. you. Can oh, I, sorry, go ahead. Can I tell yeah. you one more place. I just remember this. So my other favorite place in the entire world, besides going, you know, living in Hawaii, is San Sebastian, Spain. And I, 
um, I, we've been there twice. I think I've talked about it before. Maybe, yeah, you've heard about it. Mm-hmm. And it is, okay, if you want like a food mecca, go to San Sebastian, Spain. It is on the water. It's beautiful. They have um, these like little like streets where there's no cars and there's mm-hmm. all these little restaurants and you just like walk up and down and you, oh, you have a, a well, it's pinchos instead of tapas. You have a pincho here, you have a pincho there, you have some wine. And one of the best, I mean, it's so funny, but one of the best foods we had there, we went to this bar and everyone's like, they're known for their steak and they're known for their tomatoes. You're like, really? Okay. And I love tomatoes. I'm like, really? That's it. And they only serve three things. They serve steak. No, I'm sorry. They serve four things, steak, tomatoes, uh, padrone peppers, and um, the tortilla, which is kind of similar to our, like a frittata. Yeah, and with the um, with the potato in it, right? Exactly. Like the, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like really simple, and that's what they're known for. And this place is packed, and people wait in line, and you have to go for their tomatoes and and their uh their what did I say their tortilla? They were out of the tortilla, but we ordered the tomatoes, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best tomato! Like it was just it was tomatoes that were just chunked up in really big two inch like chunks or wedges. It was dressed with olive oil. A good mm-hmm. quality flaky salt, and that was it. And it was one of the best, uh, the best bites I've had. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to go to Spain. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Okay, so I have to ask you, you know, how Julia Child inspired you in your life, if she has inspired you in any way. What's your Julia moment, as they say? <laughs> you know, one of the first book cookbooks I've had, I was gifted was Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And again, this is also during the time that I was kind of like learning how to cook and kind of like Mm -hmm. touching base with the foods I grew up on. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I really want to learn. So I want to challenge myself. I, you know, it was before the website. I just want to challenge myself. And I just was like, I was reading her book and I remember I read, and I talk about this on my blog post because I have her souffle recipe on my website. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading the, the recipe and there's a whole page on how to stiffen egg whites. Like it's a very in-depth, like very easy to understand, like to the point like how to stiffen egg whites, what to look for. And I was like, wow. And I was just so inspired. (laughs) So I made a souffle. I was like, I'm making the souffle. And it was perfect. It it, it stood up and it rose and I was just mesmerized. And then from there, I wanted to make a different recipe. I was like, well, I want to continue to challenge myself. And I was Mm -hmm. just making a different recipe here and there from, from the book. And I've learned so much since then. I made her Bouffe Bourguignon. I'm sorry, butchering the pronunciation. Um, and then I made a few souffles since then. Um, her soul, her soul with capers and lemon. Oh my gosh, mm, it's so good, so good. So yeah, she she taught me kind of the basics and the classics, and she got me inspired to cook yeah. again. Would, mm-hmm. Did you see her on television when you were a child at all? Or uh, I probably did. Yeah, I probably yeah. did here and there, like on PBS. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Okay, this is the most challenging question that I've been asking people. So if you were to create your ideal dinner party, consisting of dishes that either you've made or from other people or places that you've been, what would it be? And you get a starter, you get a main course, a dessert, and a drink of choice. And if you want to do pairings where you have a drink with each course, that is acceptable and allowed. Okay, so again, I... I go to comfort food Mm -hmm. and besides short ribs, like a really good meatballs and gravy with like sausage and like Mm -hmm. linguine or whatever pasta. I think linguine is really good is like my, my ultimate, like feel good food. So 
<laughs> so if I had to host a dinner, well, first I would, I would kind of stick to that theme. So I would do an appetizer. So I would do, um, you know, I'm a, like, I love tomatoes. So I would just like do a simple, like a, if it, if we're in the summer, I would do a really nice like bruschetta, a like, mm. really good quality mm-hmm. bread and like have lots of fresh tomatoes and like not too much garlic and lots of fresh basil and really good quality olive oil and flaky sea salt. And I would just like put the bread on the plate and like roughly scatter the tomatoes and just like keep it very rustic mm-hmm. and colorful, but also like really just simple and delicious. So I would do that. I would do mm. that, and then my main course would be these like six-hour like simmered meatballs and sausage with pasta and like a really deep, rich marinara sauce mm. and like really good quality, you know, Parmigiano Reggiano or pecorino on top. Um, and I would just I would do that. And then for dessert, for dessert, I'm so simple. I mean, I don't know about simple, but I just love these flavors. But to keep with the Italian theme, I just love a tiramisu. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too. So good. Yeah, I would just do like a really decadent tiramisu. I have a recipe on my site for amaretto tiramisu. So it's a little bit nuttier. And I think that would be really nice. And maybe you can even serve it with like a small glass of amaretto Mm -hmm, after dinner. mm -hmm. And I think that would be really nice. And then, I mean, to drink, like, I just, whenever I think of pasta, I just want like a really big red wine, like a Barolo Mm -hmm. or something like that. So um, that's what I would do. That sounds amazing. What time should I come over for that? Anytime. Anytime. I'll just fly to Bellingham and just have Please. dinner with you and then go, Please, come yeah. home. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So who would you invite to this dinner? Oh, and it can be um, anyone. Um, I would invite I, – I, I love Ina Garden, so I would invite her. Yeah. Yeah. I would invite um, another chef. He does Mexican food, Rick Bayless. I love uh-huh. him. Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And I lo- I don't know why, but I love the way he talks and teaches. And he's just like, seems so. I met him once years ago, but he doesn't know I exist. And he just seems Maybe he'll know such after a this. cool. No. Yeah. I think he's just such a cool guy. And I would love to just like, I don't know, learn more about the cuisine that he um teaches which is mexican cuisine yeah he's really approachable too i think that's the big i think that's what it is yeah um i (laughs) i have my husband there he's a great conversationalist okay he Um, can come yeah come to the ideal dinner yeah he's a great conversationalist and um he has good stories and i think he would like pick up on that yeah and he and jeffrey would probably get along great right i know yes and jeffrey oh that's right oh maybe (laughs) Oh, but Jeffrey can't come. Oh, no, I'm oh, yeah, only. I, I don't know. I mean, Jeffrey, I don't know how I feel. Uh, he's a nice guy. But I don't know. He's a little, he's, he's a little bit, I, in, he's I in do, it too much, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think that's it. We'll keep it intimate. Keep it intimate and small. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So you talked about your work on a new cookbook at the moment, and that's coming out hopefully in June, mid-June. And mm-hmm. it sounds like it's probably going to have some really great meal or meal ideas for the summer, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Because I always think of Mediterranean food and I think of the summer, even though I know that you can eat it all year round. But it's there's yeah. so many like great like tomatoes and things like that that are available mm-hmm. in the summer months that you just can't get at their freshest. That's true. And, and that was months. a challenge. That was a challenge when I was doing the book because my publisher was pushing to have it out in the summer. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, there's a lot of, you know, one pot, you know, soups and braises. But um, 
that was one of the things I really wanted to focus on was like fresh ingredients. And there's also a whole chapter on salads as well to kind of bring that mm. fresh element back in, you know, to yeah. complement like a one pot meal. So, um, yeah. so yeah, there's a mixture of both a lot, of, but there is like a lot of, you know, one pot, like put it in the oven, but with lots of fresh vegetables and flavors. That's awesome. Do you have any like cooking classes or any other events coming up that you want to talk about? Nothing. Nothing scheduled. I did a bunch of cooking classes before the end of the year. Um, So I don't have anything scheduled right now. But right now we are working on video content and cooking content and putting recipes on the website and on social media. So tell your friends and come by because we have a lot of recipes coming up. Yeah. And you can follow Mm -hmm. Samantha on Ferraro Kitchen on Instagram, right? And then you're, are you mm-hmm. on Facebook too, Samantha? Or? Oh, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook at Little Ferraro Kitchen. Instagram, like you said, at Ferraro Kitchen. On TikTok at Ferraro Kitchen. Um, and YouTube at Little Ferraro Kitchen. Awesome. And then you also mm-hmm. have your amazing website, which is a great um, way to get some cool recipe ideas. And and sometimes, you know, even if you're not looking to follow a recipe to the letter, sometimes it's just great to get an idea, like you were saying. It's, yes. It's good inspiration. Absolutely. And I always talk about that, even in my cooking classes. I'm like, if you don't follow a recipe to the T, that is okay. As long as I inspire you to try a new spice or a new flavor, or mm-hmm. new, like my job is done. Mm-hmm. That's all you yeah. need to do. Just be inspired. Just try something new. Try something new. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, for coming Yay. on. I really appreciate it. It's so great to see you. Yeah, this was um, so much fun. And I, yeah. All right. Thanks, Sam. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, Haley. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Samantha Ferraro for coming on today's episode of Best People. Um, It was great to chat with her. And uh, as always, she's got fun and interesting things going on. If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on Best People, please shoot me an email at bestpeoplepod, that's bestpeoplepod, at gmail.com. I'm sure you've got some interesting things to say and some great food stories, and I'd love to hear them. Thank you to Garrett Taylor for the music for the opening theme. He wrote and recorded and performed that for us. So thank you so much, Garrett. And until next time, bon appetit.